Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Turn your Bibles or your iPhones or your iPads or whatever you have to Matthew chapter 2. Uh, last week I began this brief series, just a mini-series, talking about these three men who for some reason uh, spent most of their lives uh, probably exploring Old Testament Scripture, scrolls, whatever it was, uh, trying to figure out exactly what life was all about because in that day they didn't have all the internet and all this fast stuff, so they had to do things the hard way in preparation for the Son of God. If they went as far back as uh, Genesis and they read in that, during that time that God would send someone, uh, if you will, to redeem the relationship between himself and his creation, and uh, maybe they began there and then they went on through Old Testament Scripture where there were signs pointing to the coming of Christ or the Son of God who would be perfect and die for the sins of mankind. Who knows what stimulated their thought, but something inside them knew that there was more than just what they were experiencing and that the day would come when there would be a relationship between God and man again, more than just the Day of Atonement or one time a year where the priests went into the Holy of Holies representing all of Israel. And they were preparing themselves uh, for whatever it was that God had for them to do or whatever role they would play. Do you realize that not one of you are here by accident today? You decided to wake up and you decided to come. And, and so you, you prepared. Some of you prepared last night. Uh, to be here, and, and some of you got up this morning and prepared, and, and some of you still may not be prepared, but you're here. But you're not here by accident. You're here by design. You chose to be here. And let me say this to you. None of you were born by accident. You know, I always hate it when uh, a parent say, well, you know, they weren't planned. They were an accident. No, no, no. They couldn't be more wrong. God overrode them. You were a plan. You were planned by God. You were put on this earth by God for such a time as this, and you add incredible value to this moment in time. Now, maybe you haven't figured out what that value is yet. That's one of the reasons I love church is that hopefully we, we, we open ourselves to God and we say, God, reveal to me what it is you have for my life today. What role do you want me to play in this world? Because you are not an insignificant part of society. You are a very significant part of God's plan. Each and every one of you are. You, you play this incredible role. And some of you don't know what that is. And I, I want you to understand, sometimes moms, you, you, you know, people say, well, you know, uh, what do you do? Well, I raise children. Kind of almost like, well, these, I don't really play a big role. You may have the most important role on earth. You are training up another human being to hear the voice of God, to know God, and be prepared for their destiny. And my prayer is that everyone you run into, that you become a very vital part of their future by speaking into their heart and soul God's perfect plan for their life. That's what we're called to do is encourage one another as long as it's called today. Be an encouragement to people. Be an inspiration to people. Give people hope that they might not have had until they come in, came in contact with you. And when I look at these magi, I think these guys, the first question we often ask is, am I smart enough? 
Am I smarter than, I'm not smart. I'm not as brilliant as somebody else. You know what, my guess would be that these three guys weren't the smartest guys. They weren't the, the brightest. They, they, they might have been smart, but they weren't the smartest guys. All they were were guys who cared enough about God and destiny and purpose to give their lives to something that would make a difference. And they spent their whole lives for one moment. Just one moment. How critical was this moment to all of us? It's a story read around the world this time of year, talking about three men who were looking so intently for Christ that they, they knew the constellations, they had studied, they had prepared, and, and we don't even know their names. We, wouldn't it have been great what, if we just knew each of their names? Wouldn't that have been awesome? But I, something inside me says, you know, God just wanted all of us to know nobody may ever know your name. That's not what's important. What's important is that everybody knows his name. Everybody knows his name. And they had given their lives for the purpose of introducing to us, thousands of years later, the Son of God. All of their life preparing for this. Let me say this. Today's message is about preparing us for what God has prepared for us. See, God has a plan for your life. Before you ever drew a breath, God knew exactly who you were, what he wanted you to do. I grew up surviving. I didn't grow up knowing God had a plan for my life. I just grew up learning to work hard. I had great parents. They were wonderful people. But I never heard destiny messages. I never heard messages that, Mark, God gave you life for a reason. And we want to help you discover that reason so that you can live the greatest life ever. It's not about popularity. It's not about wealth. It's not about any of that. It's about identifying God's purpose so that you can be prepared for what he has prepared for you. And that's what I want to talk about today. God has something prepared for you individually. God has something prepared for us as a church. Uh, God knew this church would be in existence before I ever dreamed I would be back in this city. Uh, you know, I, I really like Facebook too much because too many people throw up on there. I don't like it for that reason, but it's a necessary evil for me to, to know. And so I was looking back at last year. You know, they give you this, what was posted last year. And I, I was at Earl's Barbecue, and, and I, I, I was at the lowest time in my life. i got to tell you, man, last December was probably the most difficult time. I was living alone. I was separated from my family. I was in Texas, and that right there is enough to make you want to throw up. But anyway, uh, I'm just kidding. All you Texans, I own a place, and I... All right, so anyway, uh, I'm feeling a little ornery. And so I had, I had driven up. They thought my mother was going to pass away, so I, I got in my car. I drove to Oklahoma, and it was cold like this. It was overcast like this, and and I just, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Uh, everything was coming, you know, to a close. And, and so I'm at Earl's Barbecue, and, and this guy comes up to me. And, you know, the last church I pastored, we had so many people. I didn't know everybody. I, I didn't even know faces that much. And he came up and said, man, Pastor Mark, can I take a picture with you? And he said, my wife's going to be so excited that, that she's going to be disappointed she didn't get to say hi. And we took a picture in Earl's Barbecue, and, and I didn't think much about it, you know. And, and it came up, uh, I think it was yesterday or something, a year ago, here it was. And I thought to myself, 
he had no idea, neither did I, that Mosaic Church would start. And today, his wife is the children's pastor of this church. Now, I say all that to say this. I had prepared intellectually for ministry. I had two degrees that prepared me, but my heart wasn't prepared for this at that time. It was not prepared for this. It wasn't until December 17th. It was shortly after that, just days after that. That I sat quietly by myself realizing there were still things in my heart that God had to deal with. Wasn't prepared for this. Nine o'clock in the morning, December 17th, I was bad shape. And I just said, God, I don't want to feel this way. There were people I hadn't forgiven, things I hadn't forgotten, and didn't know why. But in that day, in that moment, God said, Mark, all you ever had to do was ask me. All you ever had to do was ask me. That moment prepared me for this moment. It wasn't about my mind. It wasn't about skill. It wasn't about ability. It was about having my heart ready for what God had ready for me. You know, God is not withholding from us. God wasn't withholding from me. The reality is I was withholding from God. I wasn't giving him my heart and preparing myself for what I thought he had for me. I, mean, I thought, how in the world could God use somebody that's been through everything I've been through? How could God possibly call me back to the same city? I mean, and so, you know, today's message is very close to my heart because, because I had no idea. And some of you have no idea what God has for you. All you're doing is spending every day looking at what you've done and what you haven't done and giving yourself all the reasons in the world that God possibly could not possibly use you. But your destiny has never changed. Your purpose for being here has never changed. And so today, if we'll do like the Magi and just look for the star, look for the light in life, look for the hope that God has for us, I promise you your destiny is going to come to fruition. And God's going to do in you and for you what he's desired longer than you could ever imagine. And so all we have to do really is not be perfect, not be the most brilliant, not be the smartest. But be willing to be prepared for what God has prepared for you. cry a lot these days. <laughs> um, it's amazing to me how good God really is, how awesome God is. And that, you know, I think sometimes we're just always trying to measure up and, and trying to figure out what we've done to be able to do what we're doing. And the reality is I did nothing other than just say, God, prepare my heart. My life belongs to you. It really does. And you know, Jesus is God's gift to us. What we do with that gift is our gift back to him. 
And the only reason I wouldn't be here today, honestly, would have been because of pride and shame and fear of all those things that facing people that I had hurt and people that I, I did things to. And so, uh, but when all of that's gone and you realize life is short, there's only one thing that really matters, and that's what we do in response to what God did for us. And we can all do that. We don't have to be smart to do that. We just have to be willing to do that. And I just want us to be willing as a church uh, to love people. Matthew chapter 2, verse 7. Thank you. This could be one of those days. I don't know if it's estrogen or... (laughs) Thank you. I love you. very grateful to all of you okay let's try this again then Herod when he had secretly called the wise men determined from them what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search carefully For the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Verse 9, when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. When they'd come into the house... They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. You know, I wonder what, in that moment, what they really, really felt. Because uh, they spent their whole life spent their whole life preparing for just this one assignment. All of their life was wrapped up in this moment. And I would hope they had this sense of fulfillment that nobody will ever know our name. But they'll talk about us forever because, not because we were scholars, not because we were men of reputation, but we were simply this. We were obedient men preparing for what God had prepared for us, prepared for this moment. And sometimes we get off track, and I'm sure that these guys at times got fatigued 
studying and trying to learn and trying to figure it out. And the moment they saw the star, they began to move toward their destiny. You see, my prayer this holiday season would be that you would look beyond the tree. You'd look beyond the gifts and look beyond the moment to why you're here, why we're here. You see, all my failings never change God's plan for my life. They just never do. They never do. And, and throughout these guys' lives, nothing changed what God had for them. What would have happened if they would have given up and quit on what God had called them to do? How, how would we be affected? This story wouldn't exist. Where would we be without their obedience? Where would someone be without your obedience? Where would someone be without your willingness to do the hard things for the moment like this that would change the lives of many? Some of you parents are separated emotionally from your children. You haven't talked to them in years. What would happen if you were prepared this year To close that gap. What would happen? What would happen in their lives? Forget yours just for a moment. And quit thinking how my kids have been rebellious. And they've been, they deserve what they get. No, no, no. We all deserve more than what we would ever dream of getting. But what would happen if just for a moment you realized your parenting is never over until the day that you die? that your children are still your children and, and you have this moment to prepare to touch their lives forever. Don't let pride stand between you and something absolutely beautiful this Christmas. Because this time of year, we, we begin to think about memories and things that have happened and pains and hurts. And so many people this time of year take their life because they can't handle the pain and the struggles. When in reality, the purpose that God uh, had for you still exists in you. To be a light shining in darkness. To allow this star that reigned in that day to reign in your life today. And to be a light shining into the dark places of other people's world. But we let our own pain and we let our own suffering stand between ourselves and the destiny and purpose of God. All out of pride or shame. Let me tell you something. Pride will get you nowhere. It comes right before the fall. But when you become humble and you become loving, people can become resistant. But let me tell you something. It will change everything in your life. And in the long run, they will remember that moment more than anything else. If I could admonish us at all, be that person this year that bridges the gap and shines the light that other people might see the love of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you something, people always move toward the light. They still do. Even lost people are looking for light. Will we be that light? I mean, the boss that you've talked about all year, the, the man that you've talked about, what if this year everybody who's resentful toward him, what if you were that one person that walked into his office and said, I just want to thank you this year that you gave me a job. Instead of being the jerk saying, you don't pay me enough, this place sucks, I work for the man. What would happen if you just walked in just gave him a big hug and said, I just want to thank you. 
you'll probably have a heart attack and it'll be your fault. And... But I just, I just respect these three guys for giving us a story that continues every year, year after year, to point us to the one who has forever changed everything. The Magi were prepared for the star and they were prepared for the moment. The question is, are you prepared for the things God has prepared for you? You know, we spend so much time complaining and whining and talking about the things that we don't have and the things we wish we had done and the people that we wish we didn't know and the people that we wish would never have been in our lives. And we spend all of our time in, in doing that. We're not preparing for the most beautiful relationship we could ever possibly hope for. That this year, I want us to be prepared for what God has prepared for us. I know that all of you are going to have encounters. I'm going to have encounters. I, I have a, you know, I have family members that, that I'm distant from. And I hate it. I really do hate it. And I, I'm just being honest with you. I, I just need to reach out. I, I just do. I just need to. I, it's not anything I've done. It really isn't. It's, you know, I mean, I guess it could be, but I mean... I do some stupid things, but I know that I, God has prepared some of us to do things we don't want to do. I didn't want to come back here. There are some people here who don't like me, believe it or not. <laughs> there are people who won't even give me a sitting ovation, much less a standing ovation. <laughs> but you know... When I opened my heart on December 17th, God said, prepare. Prepare. I didn't know what he was saying, just, but just be prepared, Mark, because I can't do anything with a heart like what you have right now, but I can do anything with a heart that's given to me. So I began to prepare my heart, and I have to prepare my heart every day. You know, there are still people who don't want me here. I get that. But I'm not here because of those people. I'm here because of my King and my Savior. And so I look back at Numbers chapter 24. We go back thousands of years, and these magi are reading the, this, the, the, the Torah. They're reading the, the Old Testament scrolls, and the, the scribes have written. It says, I see him, Numbers 24, 17, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. Look at that one little line, just that, that one, what, one little nugget of truth. A star will come out of Jacob. These guys began to explore that. That's a scripture. A star will come out of Jacob. And then they go back to Genesis when the, prophetically the writing says that you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. That reference to Christ that Satan would bruise his heel, but Christ would crush his head. And that the power that lives in him now lives in us. And Satan has no authority to prevent you from that which Christ prepared for you. That we can be prepared for that which he has prepared for us. The Magi were preparing for that moment that he had prepared for them. There had to be thousands of other astrologers and men who studied constellations. But only three decided we will do this until we die, 
even if we never know why, we will do it till we die. Too often we're looking at the pros and cons and what's in it for me. Let me tell you what's in it for you. When you obey God, eternity's in it for you. Joy is in it for you. Peace is in it. There's no place like being where God has us being. A scepter will rise out of Israel. Now, the interesting thing, it goes on to say, He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls of all sons of Sheth. Edom will be conquered. Guess what? Herod was an Edomite. He was the king at that time. He was an evil king. He was so insecure about his throne that in order to keep his sons from trying to overthrow his throne, he would kill them. He would kill anybody. So is it any surprise that when he hears about Christ and the Magi come to Herod and they, they're, they're, they're looking for him and they talk to Herod and Herod says you know when you find him come back to me that I might worship him as well which was a lie what he was really saying when you find him I want to know because I'm going to kill him but as God would have it God appears to the Magi and says go another way let me tell you right now when we hear the voice of God when we're willing to follow God our steps are ordered by him and you're waiting on an apology for, from someone. You're looking and saying, I, I need an apology. Maybe God says, you know what? I want you to be the one. But you don't understand. I don't need to understand. I just need to obey. I just need to obey. Your peace is not contingent on what someone says to you. It's contingent on you doing what he says do. Forgiven, you'll be forgiven. Let go. Love never fails. What am I doing today? I'm just trying to prepare us for what he's prepared for us. I wouldn't be standing up here today had there not been a December 17th, 9 a.m. I promise you I wouldn't be standing here because my heart wasn't prepared. And I have to keep my heart prepared all the time, especially on cold, overcast days like this in Oklahoma. <laughs> my friend Dave Martin wrote this on Instagram a few days ago. Procrastination is the thief of opportunity. You're going to find opportunity to do things. But oftentimes we put it off, we put it off, we put it off, we put it off. The reason we put it off is we just can't wrap our minds around humbling ourselves and doing what we think someone else should do. If that were the case, Christ would have never died because we should have been the ones dying, not him. But in the fullness of time, Galatians 4 says, in the fullness of time, God sent his son. Opportunity is always out there, folks. We just don't see it because we're not prepared for it. I want us to prepare our hearts for opportunity. Some of you wish your mom and daddy would have treated you better. You wish things would have gone differently. That wishing is what creates your suffering. Because you can't change the past. You and I can't change what happened to us. But we can change us. I can't change what happened or didn't happen. I can't change the fact that my father never watched me play ball. And I played all sports. You know why my father didn't come and watch me? Because he worked 16 hours a day to provide for my family. Because we weren't wealthy. And you know what? I could be mad at my dad. I could live the rest of my life going, I sure wish my dad would have watched me throw a touchdown pass. I wish, sure wish my dad would have watched me in Oklahoma. I could wish. But that creates suffering. You know what I look at? I'm so thankful I had a dad. I'm just thankful I had a dad. 
I, I don't wish anything because if I keep wishing that, I'll suffer the rest of my life. If, and so some of you this holiday season, you're going to wish things that never happened and you're wishing in the past. Forgiveness means giving up all hope of ever having a better past. That's what forgiveness is. I give up all hope of ever having a better past. It's a wonderful thing to give up on. Give up hope of ever having a better past because you're not going to. I love being that encouraging preacher telling you just give up hope. <laughs> you're never going to have a better yesterday. But what I am telling you is you can have a better tomorrow if you'll prepare for tomorrow. If you'll get ready to love everybody, everybody, those who hate you, those who talk mean about you, those who lie about you. I get that a lot. And you know what? I am so thankful God has given me the opportunity. He's given it to me. But I have to be prepared for that opportunity because it comes with the territory. It really does. When you stand up in front of people every, way, every week and use more words than you should and say things you wish you hadn't, which I am gifted at doing. But there's one thing I know is that this is my destiny. And I'm so glad. My parents didn't tell me this would be, they didn't even want me to be a preacher. My uncle was a preacher, had a nervous breakdown. It was a hard job. And so when I told them I was going to be a ministry, they, they didn't, I thought they'd be real happy. But they had remembered my uncle's pain and suffering in ministry. But I got to tell you something. I can be as happy here as I can be anywhere. I, I, it's my choice. You can be as mean as you want to be, and you're going to stand before Jesus, and probably when he judges you, he'll let me stand right there beside you going. <laughs> you know, you don't have to be the smartest in your family. You have to be the most brilliant. You just have to seize the opportunities that come your way to help other people have a better life. That's all it is. Man, I tell you right now, there are so many guys out in the world today that, that, that are awesome preachers. You'll never know who they are. There, are. there are some guys that have labored in small towns and given their lives and just seize the opportunity to touch people in obscurity. But I'm going to tell you something. Those will be the people that stand before Jesus, and I'm telling you, it's going to be a wonderful day. Don't measure things by brilliance and popularity and money and wealth. Simply say, God, I want to be prepared for what you have prepared for me. I just want to be prepared for whatever it is that you have prepared for me. And I'm not going to procrastinate. I mean, like I said, you're here by choice today. And, you know, I'm a local church guy. I just, I love God, but I love the local church. And there are some people who don't. They're afraid. They have social anxiety. They have all kinds of issues. But I want to tell you something. In this church, if you come to this church, and those of you watching online, I know some of you want to come. You're scared to death because but, but we're just a bunch of jacked-up people believe that God died for jacked-up people. That's kind of all we are. And the beauty of this church is the pastor is the most jacked-up of all. So you're going to be like, hey, so it's, you will have what you work for, you'll have what you plan for, you'll have what you prepare for, you will not have what you wish for. You can wish up on a star and do the Disney thing until Jesus comes back. It ain't going to happen. It happens for those. The Bible says the hand of the diligent 
shall rule. Doesn't say the hand of the brilliant. Doesn't say the hand of the wise. It says the hand of the diligent. Folks, this is not rocket science. You've measured your future by your intelligence, not your adversity quotient, but your intelligence quotient. Your adversity quotient will take you further than you could ever imagine. Just refuse to give up. You know, all an oak tree is is an acorn who refused to quit. That's all it is. It just grew into this mighty oak because it just stayed planted where it was. Sometimes you just have to stay planted where you are. And just give it to God and let God uh, guide you through that time, that season, that moment. Desire and necessity find opportunity. Desire and necessity. In this case, both were true for the Magi. They had a desire to know about this star. And they felt it was necessary that they follow it. Desire and necessity will introduce you to opportunity. If you have neither... Today, find something inside you that you desire and realize that it is necessary for us to be diligent to achieve it. Opportunity doesn't come knocking on our door. That old saying, opportunity came knocking. Nuh-uh. Bible says, seek and you'll find. Ask and it'll be given. Knock and the door will be open to you. Some of you need to have bloody knuckles. You quit knocking because your knuckles hurt. I'm going to beat on the door of God until that sucker opens. Amen. Refuse to quit. Refuse to give up. You just stand there and you say, God. You know, whatsoever things you ask in his name, the Greek says, whatsoever things you demand. You're not demanding God. You're putting a demand on the promises of God. And there's a difference. All you're demanding is, God, you said you would do this. I'm not demanding you. I'm putting a demand on what you said. We quit too early. We give up too easily. I tell you, my older brother is so much smarter than me. It makes me sick. He's brilliant. He is still brilliant. I'm just stubborn. When I get to heaven, that's what Jesus is going to say. Oh, yeah, come on in. He was stubborn. I'm stubborn about the things of God. If God said he would do something, I believe he'll do it. I'm going to tell you, everything the enemy's stolen from me is coming back to me so many times. I'm going to bankrupt hell. You can't steal from a child of God without having to pay back seven times completely. Those of you who have been robbed, things have been taken, you say, it's my fault. I got a demand on the promise of God. Look out. Mm -mm. If people get mad at me because they think good, things are good now, they're going to really be mad about a year from now because things are going to even be better. You ain't seen nothing yet. Some of y'all just need to get up every morning and say, devil, uh-uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think yesterday was good, today's great. Next year, next month, next week, I'm going to make all your little demonic imps sick. Because <laughs> I'm preparing for what God's prepared for me. 
part of that means when it does happen, I'll know who the glory goes to. It doesn't go to me. When it happens, I'm prepared to say glory be to God because he made good on his promises. Magi were at the right place at the right time. Listen, some people say, right place, right time. But even when you're at the right place at the right time, you got to do something, baby. You can't just show up. you got to grow up. you got to step up. Whenever you're in the right place at the right time, you still have to do something. Faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith you want. You can wish upon a star all you want, but you got to do something. You have got to do something. And that sometimes you've been praying, God, I want a relationship with my dad. I want a relationship with my son. I want a relationship with my daughter. You can pray until you're blue in the face, but God's saying, now what are you going to do about it? This holiday season, it's the right place. It's the right time. Now, I expect you to step up and do something about it. I want you to love the unlovable. I want you to give hope to the hopeless. I want you to reach the unreached. I want you to care about those who don't care. I want you to care. Don't let their lack of care drive you into a lack of care. Fight the good fight. That's what Paul said. I've, I've run the race. I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I want to finish, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to come to the end of my life or stand before Jesus going, well, you know, there were some people who criticized me. Can you imagine telling Jesus that? Holy, holy. They, they criticized you? They crucified me. What up? You can't handle a little criticism? I handle a lot of crucifixion. That argument will not fly on the day of judgment. No, we get a hangnail and we're like, oh, Jesus. They talked about how they didn't like my jeans. Oh, my God. Until we see some holes in your hands and your feet shut up. So we have to be prepared. Have to be prepared to be rejected when you reach out in love. You have to be prepared to be criticized for doing something other people say you shouldn't do. That's a part of being prepared. You have to be prepared to obey God when the king says, come back to me, and God says, don't go back to him. You have to be prepared. I'm telling you right now, the greatest challenge for most of us this holiday season and this Christmas we all have an Uncle Bob. We just all have an Uncle Bob. And if you're Bob here today, you're probably offended. Uh, so let me just say it this way. We all have an Uncle Barabbas. And if there's anybody here named Barabbas, this might be a sign from God. <laughs> we all have one. Somebody who's hurt us. Somebody's done something to us. Somebody who's wronged us. Somebody, you know, I have an uncle that when I was two years old, my, I was asked one time, what's your first memory uh, as a child? You know how I remember it? On March 9th, 1959. You think I'm brilliant now, don't you? <laughs> what a memory. <laughs> no, you know why I remember? Because it was the night... I was a mama's boy. I, I, I'm just telling you right now, I'm a mama's boy. And my mama went to give birth to my younger brother on March 9, 1959. She took me to stay with my uncle, and he spanked me.
I was heartbroken. The only person who had ever even reprimanded me up to that point was my mother, and now this strange man is spanking me. I've let it go. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Prepare for those encounters this season when you run into them. I, it's all done. It's laughable for me now. But there was a time it wasn't so laughable. I was like, I'm going to hit you now. I've waited. You know, those, those memories and those pains often cause us to get out of the preparation mode. And what I want to say to you is don't ever let pain Stop the preparation that God has you doing because he's prepared something for you that you need to be prepared for. And that always means letting go of people and letting them out of your heart and releasing them and focusing on you, your relationship with God, and the plan that he has for you. True. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy that you've extended to us. You do have uh, things prepared for us that await our preparation for those things. And so, Lord, I pray that this day would remind us of the things that we need to focus on. Maybe we are holding grudges and bitterness and unforgiveness toward people, resentment, and we think that they have absolutely nothing at all to do with our profession, our vocation, and our future, but they have everything to do with it, God. Prepare us today, God. Help us to surrender to that that work that you have for us and that work that you want to do in us so that you can do the work through us. Until we do the work in us, you can't do the work through us. And that which you prepared for us continues to wait. Speed it up today, God. Speed our preparation. I pray for everyone in this place and everyone watching online that, Lord, we would open our hearts to you today and we would do whatever needs to be done to be ready for that which you've already done and awaits us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this all begins with Jesus. It begins with us crushing our pride and acknowledging, I need a Savior. I need Jesus. And God, I've been looking my whole life for love. A love that's real and unconditional. Folks, let me tell you, he is the personification of unconditional love. God can be trusted. Christ can be trusted. And today I just want to ask you to put your faith in Him. That's the beginning of being prepared for what He has prepared for us. And I'm going to pray a prayer. And I want to ask all of you watching online and those of you here to pray this prayer with me. This is the beginning of preparation for those of you who have never made Christ Lord. This is the beginning. And I'm so proud of those of you who will pray this for the very first time. July 17, 1977 is the day I prayed and said, Jesus, please forgive me. That was the turning point of my life. That was the beginning of preparation for where I stand today. Had I not had that moment, this moment would not exist. So today, I want to ask you to pray this with me, and your life is about to become unbelievably blessed. It will be the beginning for you. The birth, the genesis of your destiny starts right now. Pray this with me. Say, Father God.
Today, I put my faith in your Son, in you, Jesus. I trust you. I believe in you. I repent of my sin. And today, I am preparing for what you have prepared for me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.